0: Hey now, we are getting over and I am the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, here to lead you through these hard times with instant analysis from night one of WWE WrestleMania 39, your favorite professional wrestling podcast is back for the fifth time in as many days as this WrestleMania 39 week spectacular continues in a moment We will be breaking down every match from night one of WrestleMania, giving you results, reaction, and grades from WWE's biggest show of the year, the granddaddy of them all, the showcase of the Immortals. And of course, we will be back doing the exact same thing Sunday night after night two of WrestleMania. Stay tuned to the end of this show for our upcoming schedule through Tuesday. Quickly, before we get into the show, if you wish to acknowledge us or support the podcast, getting over this week, open the equivalent of a Patreon through buymeacoffee.com slash getting over. The links in our Twitter bio at Getting Overcast in our feed, and of course, I just gave you the link. You can become an official Getting Overhead with a monthly or an annual membership, receive a bunch of exclusives and extras, including audio, news posts, ton of stuff. If you just want to support the show one-off, you can also buy us a few beers through that same platform by clicking the support button. And the price is right, because on this show, you know. I happen to love the number... Five. And don't worry, Getting Over remains a free podcast. Nothing is changing for the show itself. These are Getting Over extras, and we do hope that you support us. We also hope you head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and remember that the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast is all about So leave those five-star ratings and reviews for us on Apple, the ratings alone on Spotify. Let people know how much you love the show. If you do, we will read your five-star review right here on the podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast for episode drops, news analysis, and so much more, including the ability to vote in polls around premium live events and pay-per-views, and join us live on Twitter spaces for pre-shows. We did one tonight for WrestleMania 39 Night 1, and we will be doing another on Sunday for WrestleMania Thirty-nine night two now it would not be an instant analysis edition of the getting over wrestling podcast if the silver king and vintage chris vanini did not pop open a cold one and that is exactly what i'm gonna do right now i've been saving this for a long time from boulevard brewing blue money blueberry ipa very excited to try this chris welcome to the show do you have an adult beverage with you tonight
1: I do. I finally remembered this time when I went to the store because a lot of times we do these on Sundays and you can't buy alcohol that day. But the other day I went, I remember to get something. Haven't had one of these in a while. Open this here. It's a uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade. Been a while since I had one of these.
0: Okay, Mike's Hard Lemonade going back to... uh... Let me see. Sophomore year of high school for me, I would say, was the last my time. Dad
1: all, <laughs> my dad used to get these all. My dad used these all the time when we go to our cottage up in Canada.
0: <laughs> that is definitely a pull, Mike's hard, Mike's hard Lemonade. And actually, didn't they sponsor the opening match at WrestleMania last year?
1: You're. Uh, I don't think it was specifically Mike's Hard Lemonade, but yes, you're right. I totally forgot. It was that was, brand like, that or something, match, right? The, yeah. Rick, that was the Rick Boogs Shinsuke Nakamura bit, which is pretty funny.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's really funny that that just happened. Anyway, uh, folks, we have. A ton to discuss here on this instant analysis edition of night one for WWE WrestleMania 39. For anyone who is listening to us for the first time, what we're about to do is break down every single match, what happened in the matches themselves. We're going to give you our analysis, our reaction, and some grades. And at the end of the show, we will review our pre-show expectation grades going into WrestleMania and then give our post-show grades coming out of it to find out whether WrestleMania met our expectations or fell short of them. So, Chris, let's get to it. WWE WrestleMania 39 Night One Instant Analysis. Let's first begin the way the show began. The Miz and Snoop Dogg opened WrestleMania in the ring with Miz comparing their credentials, saying they're basically the same person. It was a pretty hype intro. They were both really into it. The set was straight up gorgeous, basically an award show stage with movie posters on the side. And what looked to me like the highest ramp from a hype perspective in WrestleMania history it may have been the longest as well, but it was definitely the highest. Really, from an excitement and an aesthetic standpoint, the show could not have started much better. The only thing that I felt was missing was a big fireworks spectacular to kick off the entire thing. Yep. And given the entrances that we got for the first match, it just kind of felt like WrestleMania didn't start with that much pageantry. Does that make sense?
1: I agree. My brother actually texted me the same thing. He said, I'm sad they didn't start with a big old pyro thing. And kind of based on how the show went, it seemed like they had limited amount of pyro. They did. I don't know what the reason for that was, but they only used it in a couple of spots. It makes me wonder how much Cody's going (laughs) to get on Sunday. But but yeah, no, a beautiful set. I don't think it's the longest. I think the longest and maybe the tallest would have been 33 in Orlando. I don't
0: know. I was there for that. I, I don't know, man.
1: I remember they, they it was too long because like the next year they shortened them up because, because they had gotten too long. But this this was definitely I'm talking about back on the I'm long, talking about so. height,
0: though. Not really the length.
1: No, no. Height to height to that one, because that one was up in the up in the stands. Remember at that stadium?
0: Yeah, like, I got to look at and it. This one just was I, I just thought I was looking at it. I was like, I would not want to walk that, let alone run it.
1: Yeah, when they when they when they show someone walking down, zoomed out from the side, and you realize, oh, like you really realize how high up they are. Yeah, Oof. like it's yeah. multiple there was not stories be high happening on the stage. This yeah, year. like it
0: was multiple stories high. It was pretty freaking crazy. All right. Anyway, Chris, uh, the way we break down for everyone who is listening, perhaps for the first time, we start with the main event and we go through order of importance on the card, not exactly the order that they were presented to us. With that said, we start with the undisputed WWE tag team championships the Usos defending against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn quickly before we get to the match itself on SmackDown Uh, they had a big segment they opened the show they all made it clear this is the biggest tag team match of all time Owens shared that the Usos welcomed him when he joined WWE only to turn around now and try to steal his livelihood he said it's not paranoia they're taking the titles Jimmy shot back that they're real brothers While the faces can't really figure out their relationship, Sammy and Jay got into it about loyalty. With Sammy saying the Usos chose blood over loyalty, which Sammy showed them way more than Roman Reigns ever has. This fully got into Jay's head. Sammy said the weight of the bloodline has been on the Usos shoulders. He promised to lighten the load by taking the titles. Jay said he's wrong. The faces will lose the big match, just like they always do, and KO will stab Sammy in the back just like he always does. I thought this was a brilliantly handled confrontation. It was smart to give Owens his own specifically personal reasons to feel betrayed by the Usos, and we got one last instance of Jay's Psyche being affected by a reference to his cousin's abuse. Plus, they made sure to firmly establish the importance and gravity of this match. A lot of people did not believe this would be an event. We've been reporting it for multiple weeks. You really could not ask any more from a go-home segment to kind of tell you, hey, folks, this is going to be your main event for night one without actually saying it.
1: Yep, and they added the edge without needing a pull-apart brawl. They mm-hmm. basically laid out the stakes for why either possibility could happen, and it was just like, all right, we've been through so much here. We don't need to punch each other right now. We just got to do the match, so good stuff.
0: So let's move to the match itself. The video package for this was exceptional. Chills, actually, at some Oof. points. Yeah. Then Lil Uzi Vert came out for a surprise performance ahead of the Usos' entrance. They all wore white and looked striking as hell. The faces got their normal entrances with Sammy out last. Jimmy tagged in Jay to start against Sammy. Zayn got his ass kicked for a while until Owens got the hot tag and immediately hit a flying double senton off the top rope outside, plus a frog splash inside. Jay got knees up on a KO swanton with Jimmy immediately hitting an USO splash. Owens hit a cannonball on Jimmy. Sammy hit an apron brain buster on Jay. KO then hit a swanton bomb on Jimmy. Sammy held up the one from the top rope and hit an Uso splash on Jay. Sammy then hit a blue thunder bomb, but Jay came back with some big kicks. Sammy got murked with more kicks, including two sets of stereo super kicks for a broken fall and two different 2.9 counts. KO pulled Jimmy's leg to prevent a 1D. Sammy got a near fall with a schoolboy. Owens then got double powerbombed off the Spanish announce table into the main one, which is the opposite of normal expectation. Sammy ate 1D for a false finish to a big pop as the first person to ever kick out of it. Jay was furious and hit him with a luva kick. He talked trash, telling Zayn he never should have left the bloodline, which woke Sammy up for an immediate exploder suplex into the corner. KO like respawned on the apron, hitting two different pop up power bombs. He screamed for Sammy to hit Jay with the Huluva kick. Then he hit Jay with the stunner, and that was a shocking false finish. KO helped Sammy to his feet, and all four of them stood off. He screamed, Let's end it. Jay leapt over a pop up power bomb, and KO ate three super kicks. Sammy then ate two off the ring apron. The Usos hit stereo Uso splashes for another insane false finish. Cameras accidentally at this point, Caught KO giving the Usos super kick instructions. He's like, "Hey, come super kick me twice." They nailed him in the corner doing that. Sammy pulled Jimmy out of the ring and threw him over the announce table. Owens took Jay off the ropes with a twisting slam. Sammy got the hot tag, one of the hottest tags I've ever seen in a tag team match. He stared down Jay and put him in a dramatic haluva kick. He lifted Jay's head in his arms. He said, "I'm sorry." Us put him back in the corner and hit a second one. He caught him again, holding him in his arms. Jimmy enters the ring. KO gives him a stunner. Sammy throws Jay back in the corner and hits a third Huluva kick for the 1-2-3 with the Usos' 623-day title reign coming to an end as Sammy and KO won the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships in 24 minutes. The celebration was hype, the pyro was plentiful, and the crowd was loud as hell, through the end of the show. And this was just perfect. The false finishes and the awesome wrestling is really just the start of why this was so good. The storytelling elements really sent this to the next level. All of the callbacks, the emotional moments, the physical and verbal storytelling, the finish with Sammy making Jay specifically pay in both a vengeful and simultaneously almost loving manner. And as I've said before, this was the first main event tag team match in WrestleMania history for the titles, and the first main event tag team match at all since WrestleMania won, so the second ever. And it completely lived up to the billing they gave it as the biggest tag team match of all time, at least for WWE. I need to watch it back. The grade is going to be really tough because it started slow, and then they skipped the middle part of the match. It's It's very rare. I haven't seen a match like this. They started slow, and then they immediately went to the finish, but the finish was so extended that it lasted 24 minutes, like the entire match. It was crazy. So I initially am giving it five stars and an A+. I think it was nearly a perfect match, and with the five stars, you get a little bit of flexibility. Maybe I'll reduce it a quarter star when I go back and look, but this is one of the best tag team matches I've ever watched. It was an incredible finish, and it was a worthy main event for the show.
1: Man, I, I I'm going to have to re- rewatch this whole show <laughs> to fully understand it because this WrestleMania is the big one where, you know, everybody on your timeline is talking about the final four was happening at the same time for part of it. I'm, I'm, I'm tweeting. I'm doing a live blog for the athletic. So it was a lot. I'm going to have to rewatch this whole thing, but I rewatched the end of this match multiple times right after it happened. And man, just so freaking cool, man. I, I saw people who don't pay attention to wrestling who were like, tweeting out the photo of kevin owens like almost in tears after the match like such a cool thing for all of them and kevin owens opened the press conference uh by by saying they get pwg and and super dragon for Mm -hmm. him and sammy being in this moment like when when the two of them were walking out sammy like taps kevin owens on the chest and like put like points up around like look how freaking cool this is man like these two guys are the main event of one night of wrestlemania like that just freaking ruled from the beginning this was just absolute fire you know little uzi verk coming out with the usos you could call i saw you could call them the uzos uh if you want to have some fun with that that all that white look with the red just spectacular look that they had there um you you said the match started Slow and miss the middle. To me, it started in the middle. Hmm. It started with it started with Sammy in peril, essentially. Like like we just he just got his ass part.
0: kicked for the first just, like seven minutes of the match. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we're like we just were we were there all the way. So it was like at that point it was like all right, either this is going to be a completely different kind of match, or we're almost done, or the finish is going to be super extensive and long, mm-hmm. and we're going to go to that extra level. And when, um jimmy or jay whoever was kicked out of the stunner that was when i was like oh we're going to that other level now like Mm -hmm. now i know we're gonna now i know that that that's what's gonna happen and it did the sammy Zayn you know grabbing jay's head a couple of times and, and saying stuff to him and the look on sammy's face when he got to the other corner like ready to deliver that kick like they completely had the crowd in the palm of their hands for this entire thing Everybody was on their feet going crazy for that. Like, it's a, it's so awesome when everybody knows the finish is coming and they know what the finish is, and they go berserk when it happens. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what happened. Like you hit a couple of kicks, get the pin. Like, everybody knew this is it. This is the moment. Yeah, we loved it. And just awesome, awesome stuff. Sami Zayn's theme, I said this before he brought it back, but I was like, that theme is meant – to close a night of WrestleMania. Like, that's the theme you go off the air with at WrestleMania. It is. And we, and we got that. We got that with uh, Kevin Owen and Sammy. Just awesome story. Terrific match. I'd probably give it 4.75 maybe because I'm a, a, a hard grader, but it's like it's right out there. Hearing a couple of spots, you know, stood out. But,
0: but that's on production. Man, that's not on they, the. That's not on the match. It's not their fault.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like these guys have been doing this forever. I get that. But he
0: was wi- but, um, KO was like just, wi- KO was in the corner, basically like whispering, like, "Hey, give me two super kicks." And it got picked up yeah. on the mic. That's not his fault yeah, at all. I,
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't mean. Th- I don't mean like that. That's not like the main reason I'm like knocking or anything. But like you said, I'm gonna have to rewatch this whole thing again. Yeah, uh, heat of the moment, a lot going on. I don't remember parts of it, but awesome moment that they built this up to for for so long. And this is why, like, I know people wanted Sami Zayn to win the title in Montreal, but like, this is not like settling for something else. You know, like (laughs) my brother texted me that he was at actual tears about the end of that match. Like, that's just a moment for everybody.
0: This is what I was explaining for months. Yes. If Sami beat Roman in Montreal, it would have been an all time moment and Maybe that would be a 10 out of 10 wrestling moment. But this was like a 9.8 out of 10. It was nearly as good. Best friend in the city where they grew up wrestling together after 20 years, never having won a tag team title together, ending a 623 day title reign in the main event of WrestleMania. I mean, with ending, you know, in the process of ending at least a chapter of the greatest storyline in professional wrestling history, as I've said numerous times, this bloodline thing. It almost can't get better than this. Yes, for Sammy individually, it may have been better for Montreal. But for them together and for the these best friends to get this moment, I mean, I can't say for sure, but you saw the men in that press conference after WrestleMania. I don't know that they would have traded this for anything else. It seemed really special to them. Also, congrats to KO, okay? Consecutive WrestleMania main events joining a very short list of like Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. I think it's eight people long. Randy Savage is in there. Triple H. Now Kevin Owens is on that list. Well. What?
1: Yeah. You got to put a little bit of asterisks because we got two main events, but yes.
0: It's the main event. of. Re- it doesn't
1: matter. It's a night of WrestleMania. It's a full. If there, if, this was a full night. It was a four wrest- and a half hour Wait. show. I mean. I know, but it, Roman Cody is the main, main event.
0: Of course, it's the main, main event. But if you're going to see Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks' main event at WrestleMania, then Kevin Owens' main event I at agree. WrestleMania. I
1: agree. I'm just, say- what I'm just are we saying doing? putting Kevin Owens on the list with Hulk Hogan. It's a, It's like when they had two world titles now. It's like it's a little bit There's two world
0: titles. Columbia it ma- makes Tyler Reigns less important, but it's still important, of course. Um, I know. Technically,
1: he, in WWE numbers, it counts,
0: yeah. He also became both a Grand Slam champion and a Triple Crown champion here. And what's shocking Mm. is this was his first championship win of any kind in WWE since 2017, which is wild when you think about that. Also, you mentioned it. Shout out to both of them. They had PWG stuff on their gear commentary mentioned El Generico and PWG. And they called them out, as you said, when they started the press conference. They also, at the end of the press conference, shouted out Mark and Jay Briscoe, paying respect to Jay, obviously, mm-hmm. who lost his life this year. Uh, really sweet stuff, and it was clearly an awesome moment for them. Anything else you want to say about this match yeah. before we move on?
1: Yeah. Well, th- their first ever main event of a pay per view was Ring of Honor in '07 with the Briscoes. You know, so so that, that's another obviously connection that they have. Just this is yeah, we got we got a lot to get to, but I just want to. This is. This is like an all-time moment here like this is one yeah. on a show that spoiler alert we loved oh yeah almost everything that happened on this night this is this is like one of those old you know cliche wrestlemania moments you know we, we this is what we predicted months and months ago we'd get to it absolutely lived up to every expectation that we had and i'm gonna go i'm gonna re-watch the finish of that match time and time and time again
0: and by the way just so everyone knows Chris is saying that we both loved it. He's saying that based on my tweets. We don't talk before we tape the podcast because we want our opinions and takes to be fresh. So he's assuming I loved it. But of course, he's right. Based on my tweets, I did. Absolutely love this show. That is a spoiler. We'll get to it more in the grade section a little bit later. Let's move to the co-main event of this show, the SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair defending against Rhea Ripley. We got to give credit to WWE, as we always do for their video packages, because they made this look like a tremendously built blood feud, even though we barely heard from either of them. It was also somewhat disappointing to some degree that neither woman got a special entrance for a title match, though I will say to be fair, both of them looked absolutely incredible the way they were made up and dressed, along with the stage presentations. Ripley had like her jet black hair. It looked like it was dripping down into her face. She had a mommy choker on. Mm -hmm. Charlotte got a crown and tons of pyro. Any thoughts on this before we get to the match itself?
1: yeah i love the looks it's a little bit different you, you you bring it up for wrestlemania i love Rhea's theme you could hear it a lot better uh in the stadium for whatever reason and, and you, you, we get the this is my brutality part but you kind of move back she's got i didn't realize it's motionless and white that does her theme which is an awesome band and the lead singer of that band actually is i think what Rhea modeled kind of her look after that looked the exact same but like, it's a great video package. One, I think i have to say Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Usos. the video package, it's on WWE's YouTube channel. It's like a five-minute long thing. I'm going to rewatch that thing a million times. That, that was like, the, they had to nail that. I always talk about the video packages. They nailed it for Rhea and Charlotte. They nailed, absolutely nailed it for the tag team match. Uh, that is what you want for a moment like that.
0: Okay, let's get to the match. At the bell, Michael Cole sold history. He said, it's a women's title match with a female referee and a female ring announcer, for the first time. And sure, that's historic, but it's also kind of thin. Um, They really beat the ever-loving shit out of each other with a ton of strong style blows. There were dual chants. Flair countered Riptide directly into a DDT in a terrific early spot. Ripley twice booted out of a figure four attempt, and they booted each other to a stalemate. They had a great counter sequence, won by Charlotte with an exploder suplex and a kip-up. This time, when she did it, it went to booze. Ripley countered a Flair moonsault by pulling her down for an avalanche release German suplex. Charlotte came back with natural selection. Ripley dodged her into the steel steps and hit a toss front slam inside. Flair countered Riptide into a German and hit a second one. Ripley then responded with a release German, and Charlotte literally landed on her face in a really scary moment. She had a noticeable burn right on the bridge of her nose. Flair hit her huge moonsault outside, but Ripley countered the figure four for a fourth time in the ring. Then she avoided a spear that nearly took out the referee. Rhea caught her blind after that with a headbutt and riptide for a 2.99 false finish. Charlotte tried a small package that failed and Ripley moved into the prism trap with Flair screaming, but eventually reaching the ropes. Ripley got flung into the referee and ate a spear on the distraction for another really sick false finish. The tide fully turned with Ripley now being cheered and Flair clearly booed. Flair booted Ripley and put in the figure four, but she immediately grabbed the ropes. Flair put Ripley into the post and then dragged her up to the top rope where Ripley put Flair's head into the post, basically knocking her out cold. Her body was lifeless over the ropes. Rhea smiled and took that lifeless body off the second rope with an avalanche riptide into the middle of the ring for the one, two, three to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. In 23 minutes, Ripley got pyro and a huge ovation while Flair sat at ringside with a huge smile on her face, clapping for Rhea in a really touching moment, very similar to the way Sasha Banks looked at Bianca Belair at the end of their match a couple years ago. There's no use saving the grade here. I usually give my analysis. I go through the whole thing. Off the top, five stars, A+. plus. This was one of the best WrestleMania matches in recent memory and one of the best WWE women's matches of all time. Like I said, they beat the ever-loving Shit out of each other. They didn't want no water. They didn't want no bread. All they wanted was meat.
1: He don't want no water. He don't want no bread. All he wants is meat.
0: Beyond the absolute beating that these women took, it was nearly flawless. This was Flair at her absolute best. And it was a true star making performance for Ripley. The false finishes here were nails. They played the crowd like a fiddle. This did not have the storyline to main event WrestleMania. And I'm glad it did not, but they went out and proved that they and the women's division deserve such opportunities more frequently, and they deserve the booking to put them in position to have such opportunities. That does not excuse that this quality match does not excuse the really shit booking that we had coming in, but Triple H had these women bang in the ring. NXT has a saying that they say backstage, it's not really public. Follow that MFers. And they would usually say it when they'd hold an NXT takeover, and then WWE would have a pay-per-view the next day. Chris, that's what these women said to the tag team match. Follow that MFers. And granted, the guys did follow it, but they still set the table really nice with this match.
1: Yeah, this absolutely over-delivered. I'm glad Charlotte landed on her face and not the top of her head. That's about the only thing that was... I think wrong with the match or at least the landing of them match. Charlotte also it looks like some cuts on her rib cage or, or something as well. She got beat up uh, pretty bad, but yeah, th- these two brought everything we thought they could when they first got paired up and we never really kind of, that didn't add much of a story to it, but this was a great match. Uh, it just, it felt a lot like Seamus Gunther from the summer. Terms of the the beatings they were taking, I'm surprised you're like absolute five star, absolutely one of the best women's matches of all time. I'm I'm not at that spot. I'm sure we'll both rewatch it. And I'm curious how that is. I was in like the 4.5 range, just like Mm-mm. really, really, really great stuff. Mm-mm. Not perfect. There were there weren't there weren't a ton of moments in the match. where I was like, oh my god, or unbelievable false finish type of stuff. But it absolutely was just true. really. They had many of those. Dog,
0: dog I totally disagree about other. that.
1: Yeah, I the 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 Charlotte kicking out of um, Rhea's finisher was was one, but I also kind of wasn't surprised cuz this is the match where you you have somebody kick out of it. But it it was um it was great. It was fantastic. Rhea is now established once again as the face of the women's division and she said in the press conference after how just mentally she's grown compared to what 3 years ago when that one happened. So Uh, Now we see, you know, now she'll be asked to carry the division once again. I'm sure she's learned from what happened last time, and this was much needed. She has been absolutely killing it in this character with Judgment Day, and I'm looking forward to what's next. She said uh, also in the press conference that I'm not going to party and celebrate this tonight. I'm going to do it Sunday night, so when the Judgment Day win their match, we can all do it together, which I thought was a great answer. Uh,
0: What did you like better, this or Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks?
1: this but i liked becky bianca more
0: i believe we gave those matches five stars i don't per, pretty sure
1: i i definitely i'm pretty sure i did for bianca becky that's
0: what i'm so point is remember. if this was better I then
1: i know I, I think becky bianca was better than this oh uh, this yeah no
0: it wasn't uh this was this was great um just bell to bell really awesome I loved the storytelling elements we got in there. Just the Ripley having to overcome flair to the degree that she did. Ripley with this win became the only woman check this out to win the raw Smackdown, NXT, NXT UK and women's tag team titles. And with that UK title now being unified, it's basically never going to happen again unless Alba fire does it. I don't know that she has that kind of runway on the main roster. If they bring back NXT Europe and they do that. I guess theoretically it could happen in the future, but what's really remarkable about this is Rhea Ripley's 26 years old and she already has yes. all of these accomplishments. Yes. And you're yes. looking at the yeah. future of the raw, of I was going to say the raw women's division of the WWE women's division. WrestleMania 40's next year. They have Ripley on one side, they have Bianca Belair on the other side. You want to talk about the women main eventing night 1? You book that match. They can main event night
1: 1. Do it. Yeah.
0: Do it. All right, let's keep going here. We have the United States Championship that opened the show, Austin Theory against John Cena. Theory entered first, then WWE cut to this Make-A-Wish video package before Cena's entrance. And I was kind of ready to like be a little bit of an ass and like poo-poo the delay of Cena's entrance for a marketing slash charity package right at the start of the show, even though of course it's great and Make-A-Wish is a great organization and we love them. But then they brought out like 20 Make-A-Wish kids for his entrance and that hit me right in the field spot that was so freaking cool so okay you want to promote it and then bring out kids i'm down for it i will say though when i saw those kids and i saw cena up there i was confident that my prediction of him winning the title was coming true because i could not imagine them having john cena lose (laughs) in front of 20 make-a-wish kids right
1: yeah. I, I was confused at it at first. I was like, why are we doing a commercial for charity right now after the entrance? Like it took before the it entrance. It was like, yeah. it was like 12, it was like 12 or 13 minutes into the show. Right. Yeah. Theory comes out and then we're doing a charity thing. I was like, when is this starting? Like what what is mm-hmm. going on? And then when it became make a wish, I was like, Oh, this is for Cena." Right, And then, okay. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Now I get it. And yeah, that was great to see Cena do that with the kids. It's, just, it's great stuff. It, it always yeah. is. Um, and and so that, that was very nice.
0: So Cena had new G.I. Joe, you know, theme to his gear. Theory tried to pull a Mike Tyson and bite Cena's ear. And he soon hit a rolling blockbuster and a rolling dropkick. Cena dodged a second rolling dropkick, countering into an STF that Theory only broke by biting his hand. Theory escaped an AA with a DDT. Cena came back with a five-knuckle shuffle, but Theory grabbed the top rope on the AA. The referee got run into before Cena tapped out Theory in the STF, but there was no one there to call it. Theory immediately and blatantly low-blowed him. Then he hit A-Town down to beat Cena and retain the title in 11 minutes. And then later backstage, Theory was proud of himself for living up to his word and making Cena believe. The pace of this was slow all match, and that was surely purposeful, so Cena didn't get blown up from all the cardio. Overall, I would say the match worked okay, but it should not have been the WrestleMania opener. It was not hotly contested enough Cena moved and sold well, but he gave almost zero offense. Theory dominated offensively. The finish, though, was a total eye roll. It, like, um, if you gave me a more inventive version of the same concept, then I would have accepted it. But this was just old school, trite. We have seen this exact finish a million times. And I'm actually shocked that they brought out all those kids only for Cena to take a low blow and then get the fat L in this match. I'd call it a successful appearance by Cena because it's his first real singles match at WrestleMania in eight years. You pointed that out on the pre-show. It wasn't the most exciting result, which would have been Cena winning and defending either tomorrow night or on the royal after WrestleMania. It's tough to call this a feather in the cap win for Theory. Given that finish, it was totally deflating for everyone in attendance. I went 2.5 stars and a C.
1: Yeah, this is without a doubt the worst thing on, on the show. It was. And... It it's I I was right in picking theory I got that one right but when Cena came out and took a shirt off and you realized how pale he was compared to Austin Theory who nailed the spray tan I was like I I know Cena's probably doing something but he can't even put a spray tan on like he still looked big but he didn't look like John Cena big and you can't blame him because it's not like this is, this is not his regular thing he's in the like, middle of filming a movie I don't know I, yeah I was like I don't know here and then he put together the John Cena loses match he can do in his sleep. Mm -hmm. Like if John Cena loses, that's how he loses every single time. And yes, that was his first like real, true, you know, prepared for singles match at WrestleMania since 31 against Rusev with the tank because he had the since then he had the tag match with Nikki Bella against Miz and Maurice. He had the impromptu match with the Undertaker, and he had the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, So this was the first real like in the ring type stuff it has been that long. And this theory got nothing out of this. And this was the this was the big fear I had and everyone had when John Cena said in that promo, win or lose, you lose, because then on Monday you got to come out and do, you know, do this without me. So was like, okay, that's setting a pretty dang high bar for him to cross. We're like you're, you're laying it out there that the whole point of this is to tear Theory down and bring him back up higher than he ever was before. And instead, Cena never came back. Theory got a couple of wins over, you know, whatever. And then he wins a snooze fest of a match. And he's, he's still at the same level. Like, it was it wasn't like an amazing match where he goes, Oh man, theory can go like, this is, this is great. Like it was just like, whatever. And so Mm -hmm. that was the fear we all had with that promo was that you're setting, you're setting things up for a letdown here. And that's what happened. And so Theory's, Oh, he's going to come out and say he beat John Cena, but no one's going to be like, Oh my God, he beat John Cena. It's just like, I don't know. He's in a tough spot now, I think.
0: Yeah, no, you're a thousand percent right. Uh, Before we move on, quick shout out just because this just came across my timeline. Uh, Jason Jordan was the producer of the Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley match, so credit to him for helping them put on a fantastic match. Uh, Let's move to Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus against Damage Control. The faces got a Sin City style comic book video package with a black and white filter over the first part of their entrances. It was really eye catching. Uh, They all brawled before the bell. Io hit a springboard dropkick early. Lita hit a hurricanrana and vertigo on Io, who bumped her ass off, by the way, for Lita and Trish throughout the entire match. Lita took a bunch of offense, then hit a double DDT. Trish had a nice run, hitting a bunch of her signatures. The faces set her up to flip Dakota Kai off the top rope to the outside with Trish's feet around her neck while she was doing an apron handstand. It was an awesome spot. Kai ate poetry in slow motion and Becky's leg drop, but kicked out. Bailey then saved her from the disarmor. Lynch avoided Rose Plant, but ended up taking it anyway for a broken fall. Trish hit stratisfaction, but ate the Bailey to belly. EO then hit a top rope moonsault outside into the five women. They all tagged so they could brawl with each other. Lita hit Twist of Fate on EO. Dakota ate Chick Kick from Stratus. Lita then moonsaulted both of them, leaving Bailey alone to eat an avalanche manhandle slam from Becky for the faces to get the win in 14 minutes. This went precisely as expected. And really, the analysis here is just that the execution was on point because it easily could not have been given there were two legends in this match who never wrestled. Trish did a legitimately great job. She looked almost as good as she was a couple of years ago when she had that singles match against Charlotte. And while Lita was still slow, it was at least marginally better than the tag team title win a few weeks ago. With damage control losing again, It feels like it's time to break them up. We'll see what happens Monday night and going forward. But I never had an expectation that they would beat three current-slash-future Hall of Famers. And overall, like I said, this match met my expectations. There was plenty of good work. And I would just say it was a straight-up, flat, good match. So I went 3.5 stars and a B.
1: Yeah, I'd probably give it a B. I picked damage control to win because I thought this is their last chance. Like, this is it. If they don't win this, then... They've basically almost they've lost almost everything that they've done outside of holding that tag team belt for a bit where they didn't defend it very much and they were second fiddle to Bailey anyway. So, yeah, I I, I'm surprised. I I think, you know, Trish and Lita are not going to be around very long. I think Becky and Lita will drop those to maybe Ronda and Shayna if they win the, 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 the women's showcase match. Mm hmm. But, yeah, where, where Damage Control goes from here, I don't know. Like, maybe it's a good thing for them to, to split up. I Bailey is the leader of a faction. I don't know if that's quite worked for me. Io, I think, could very much thrive on her own. Dakota, not sure. Haven't seen a, a ton of her. Um, so, yeah, this did surprise me, though. I, I really thought Damage Control was going to win, you know. But, uh, no, the Legends got it. Trish looked great, like we said. She could certainly keep going for a while, I think, if she wanted to.
0: If she wanted to. She's now actually tied uh, for the most WrestleMania wins for a woman with four victories. So good for Trish and good match overall. Uh, Seth Rollins fought Logan Paul. Logan got a live headset mic and took a sort of zipline to the ring for his entrance. There was also an energy drink mascot that stood. It came out with him and then stood ringside. Rollins had a conductor come out. He split the crowd and he conducted Rollins' theme but they played music over it so you could barely hear the crowd that the guy was conducting. If they did an actual chorus, then I think that would have been better. It also came across, at least to me, as low effort. Like, I I didn't understand why they did it this way when they could have actually put production value. They just had a guy come out on stage and, like, wave the wand around, and again, they played music over it, so you didn't even get to hear him conducting the crowd, which would have been an incredible sight if that actually worked. And then you had Rollins get up. Chris, I don't even know how to describe it. A red puffy trench coat with a red cummerbund on pink pants. Like, am I am I on an island thinking this was just a really odd entrance and look for him?
1: Well, like they they all are. But this one, this particularly, was particularly. He pulls, yeah. he pulls the big jacket off and he's got a Jeff Jarrett type of thing on underneath the pink and red just That's so ugly didn't work. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't work.
0: I'm not a fashionista, like you but Logan, I know what matches if, if and what you looked doesn't
1: at Logan. Yeah. You know, yeah, if you looked at Logan Paul and Seth Rollins and you said, which one's the celebrity and which one's the wrestler, <laughs> 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 you, you, you would have guessed that, uh, Logan was a wrestler. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, let's get to the match. Uh, also
1: the, 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 the zip line, real quick, uh, him saying I got a zipline for my birthday was very funny. That like that. <laughs> I laughed when he said that. Um, and then, uh, it, the whole zipline thing was just kind of weird because he had to get picked up before he went forward. He just, you know, flo- he like floated. If you could have, if you could have started him up top and then, you know, go down from there, then it's interesting. But like we're like waiting for him to get up before he goes forward. So that was. That was a strange decision on that production. Well, it
0: wasn't the HBK zipline. It was just he, like, floated right. in the air, and then they placed him yeah. gently down on the ring on the, on the the ramp. It was just, it was whatever. All right, let's get to the match. That's what we were here to talk about. Uh, Logan called back to Royal Rumble, tossing Seth over the top rope before hitting a buckshot lariat and punching Rollins in the ribs with that hand. Paul hit a Russian leg sweep into a grounded octopus hold, and then he had a gut wrench bomb. Then Logan tried a box jump moonsault that Rollins avoided, so he threw Paul over the ropes, Rollins hit three tope suicidas and stomped Logan's right hand on the steps. Paul countered a pedigree, and they exchanged pin attempts before Logan hit the KO punch again, but he couldn't capitalize right away and got a late 2.9 count. Rollins caught him for a Liger bomb. Then the energy drink saved him from a stomp by pulling him out of the ring. It was revealed, the guy took off the mask or whatever, to be KSI, who is a really, really popular YouTuber. He's the number one YouTuber in the United Kingdom is like the Logan Paul equivalent over there. Rollins confronted him, but got run into the post and then put on the announce table. KSI got his phone out and started talking shit on the phone like in a selfie stance with Rollins behind him when Logan decided to take a sip of his energy drink on the top rope. And the timing of this was incredible. As Logan picked his head up and took his eyes off the table and took a sip, Rollins pulled KSI onto the table. Logan immediately jumped off the top rope and splashed his friend through the table with the frog splash. Rollins immediately rolled Paul into the ring for a pedigree, and that was a false finish. Logan countered a stomp into a go to sleep and hit what I can only call a spread eagle frog splash for a 2.99 false finish. Logan then went for coast to coast, but he got caught flying with a super kick before Rollins added a stomp to a massive reaction for the one two three 2, and 15 minutes, after the bell, the camera spent time on Logan, who was selling his disappointment. KSI stayed motionless on the table, absolutely selling his ass off, and credit to him for doing that as a first-timer. This overall was an absolute blast. Not only did we get pretty high-level wrestling, the KSI surprise is going to be a massive viral hit. The guy took a huge bump, even though he was in a padded costume. It was legitimately fun, despite all the branding and stuff, and the KSI spot was actually hilarious. Logan continued to show out as a great in-ring performer. The GTS is going to piss off a lot of people in the best way. We got a couple terrific false finishes. The pacing was wonderful, and Rollins won, which was an absolute necessity. It's really tough to ask for more from all of these guys. It's an A match. I'm going 4.25, the lower end of my A, but man, it was awesome.
1: I was going to go 4.5. Like, this delivered in all the I'm between big them. moments that you I'm expected right on the edge. out of this match. Yeah. Yeah. Look, like, I, I say this every time Logan Paul wrestles, but, like, this guy's going to be a WWE world champion, and it's probably going to happen sooner than later. Uh, I think it was reported after the match that he re-signed, essentially. Logan Paul did, so I... We didn't. We don't know the details of the contract. So here's the contract, deal. So here's
0: here. Me, real quick, let me get in. So, yeah. Um, yeah. WWE last year reported that he signed a multi-year deal. Then before yes. WrestleMania, Logan Paul is like, "This is the last match on my contract," which just doesn't make any sense. So my uh, my expectation is he signed a multi-year deal with an option after one year, and I presume they agreed upon the option. That's just a guess, but that is the entire story of his contract.
1: Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 that was that. But but like this guy just he understands how to do all of this, talking on a microphone, playing to a crowd, the athleticism to do the moves, not hurt, not going too fast, soaking in the moments like this guy was born to do this like more than anything else that he does. Like pro wrestling is the thing that he just apparently is the best at. (laughs) of all the things that he does like this this, he's not gonna be there every week on tv and he's doing a million things and that's fine but like it makes complete sense in the world for wwe to be in business with him i don't know who ksi is i heard the name but i'm not gonna be like oh i don't know who he is so it doesn't matter like i understand that he's a big deal so i'm sure that's gonna do big stuff for wwe just just to confirm um, are you
0: saying you had not heard that name before tonight
1: I had heard the name. Okay. I didn't quite know what it was. Got it. Um, but but um, yeah, like Seth got the win, which I think we both predicted. He needed the win. You know, we got to that point. But Logan Paul continues to look like a star when he's out there and, and does his Seth's kickout. By the way, of the GTS was a great kickout mm-hmm. as well. He had a couple of really good ones. And the and the 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 super kick off the coast to coast. Like I was like, man, like Logan Paul's just breaking up every breaking out of uh, everybody's finishers here. He's doing GTS. He's going to do the coast-to-coast Van Daminator stuff. Uh, this was a blast. This was a blast.
0: It was. All right, let's get to Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. On SmackDown, Ray was in his Hall of Fame tuxedo. He welcomed Legato Del Fantasma to the locker room. Santos Escobar promised they would have his back. So Ray handed out LWO shirts, which got a really big pop in the L.A. crowd. I'm not quite sure why, but this really hit me in the feel spot. Like for those that don't know, Eddie Guerrero started the LWO in WCW and he forced Ray to join at one point. Eddie was a heel and Ray was a face. And now 25 years later, Ray decided to revive it on his own and like decide to join the LWO. Also, Legato had previously worn an LDF shirt that in the LWO style, the Mexican flag style. I loved it. I think they're gonna sell 50,000 of these on Backlash Weekend.
1: Yes. Also, <laughs> it didn't even last for very long in in WWE in WCW. Oh, no. Like the LWO. Very like, short. It was like late 98 and it was done by early 99 because Eddie Guerrero got in like a car accident or something. Like Correct. That. So, yep. But 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 yet it's still something that lived on. And yes, I don't I'm sure they sold those shirts at WrestleMania this weekend. I'm sure they sold a million of them. I'm sure they'll sell a million at Backlash in Puerto Rico. Uh, it was it was really cool to see. Cool to see him pull it out.
0: Also at the Hall of Fame ceremony on Friday night, Dom, Ripley, and Damian Priest refused to stand for Ray when he made his entrance, and then later they walked out when he started his speech. We'll get into the Hall of Fame a lot more on our Raw After WrestleMania podcast this coming Tuesday when we discuss the entire Hall of Fame itself, but it was a nice way to kayfabe the feud at the Hall of Fame without doing a physical attack. We also had- Not
1: only that, that, the way Conan spoke with disdain for Dominic. (laughs) In his speech, just added to this as well.
0: It did. Uh, Bad Bunny surprised on Spanish commentary, which told me he was 100% going to get roped into the match somehow. We got an ex-con Dom video package where he was cuffed and released from prison, and he entered not in Eddie Guerrero's lowrider like I thought he might, but wearing a mask and a hooded jacket brought out of a correction officer's van, getting perp-walked in handcuffs, by four different officers down to the ramp. Michael Cole was hilarious shitting on him while this was happening. Then (laughs) Ray comes out to nothing but a G thing in a low rider with Snoop Dogg. When they get out, the song stops. They play Eddie Guerrero's music and then they play Ray's music. His mask was also an homage to the great Muda. Chris, I marked out so fucking hard for all of this. Shit-eating grin on my face the entire time. X-Condom, Snoop, G-Thing, Eddie, Muda. It hit every feel spot that I have. One of the all-time best combined entrances, both of them, and Ray's on his own was an all-timer.
1: Also, the video package was awesome. For this match. Yeah. I said we I said coming in and this is the third hottest storyline coming in. And if not for like an all time bloodline storyline, this would be the hottest thing coming coming into the show. Yeah, And they really sold that with the video package. And then I, I was like fired up after that video package. And then we get the awesome entrance from Tom. It's like, holy shit, man. Like, this is like main event type of like you know spectacle for this match dom looked incredible There's someone i know who works for a college football team who always hates dominic and every time i see him we, i always make dominic jokes or whatever but even this turned him around on dominic it was like all right like that's freaking awesome and then and then ray coming in and, and doing his thing as well worked great so i'm so glad that these guys uh Got so much love for this storyline they did such a good job with, it, and then were given the entrances and stuff to go along with it.
0: So Dom got thrown into the corner face first. Ray took off his belt and beat him with it to a really big pop. Dom then started talking shit to Angie and Aliyah before throwing a drink in his sister's face, which led to Ray try to attack him only to get countered into the post. Then he told his mom Dom did to shut her mouth. So she slapped him and then kissed Ray, who threw Dom into the post. Ray hit some signatures in a code red. That led out Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Dom countered Ray for, I guess you could call it an inverted toss destroyer or something like that into the bottom turnbuckle. It was a crazy move. Yeah. Uh Ray hit 619. Yeah. Balor distracted and Priest pulled his leg on the frog splash. Ray flipped Dom outside as Legato del Fantasma ran down to even the sides. Santos Escobar hit a sick tope suicida on Priest, throwing him over the announce table. Dom then hit the 619 and Eddie's frog splash for a false finish. Dom exposed the turnbuckle. He used that as a distraction so he could actually go into the other corner and grab a chain, wrap it around his fist. He was about to punch Ray with it when Bad Bunny jumped off commentary and stole the chain from him. Ray then hit the 619 and Eddie's frog splash to pin Dom 123 in 15 minutes to an extraordinary pop from the crowd. Santos hoisted Ray on his shoulders, and then Angie and Aaliyah jumped into the ring and celebrated with him, as Judgment Day watched very angry from the ramp. It was really tough to ask more from this match. We got tremendous storytelling, great action, sensible interferences and saves, and it all built to what is going to be another match, in some you know, sense, at Backlash. The entrances were incredible, Angie and Aaliyah were great at ringside, and it was paced extremely well from Bella Bell as well. Definitely a match I'm going to watch again. And let me take this opportunity to remind you, Ray Mysterio Jr. is 48 years old, and he still gave Dominic his best match. Now, of course, a father is going to do everything he can to give his son a great match, but he would have had that match with anyone. That's how great Ray still is. And extra credit to Michael Cole, who was incredible on commentary during what was his second, 22nd WrestleMania top tier stuff from everyone involved here. I went four stars and a minus just because there was a lot of interference and the wrestling kept getting started and stopped again. But from an entertainment value standpoint, four stars, a minus it was awesome
1: they even came back after this segment they came back to commentary and Cole basically like apologized because <laughs> because of yeah. how like over the top he was in terms of hating on Dominic it was it was hilarious i'm giving this 5 stars in terms of like the entertainment of it all like they hit every note that they, they you know the build the match for what it was the entrances the finish the celebration like that's everything you wanted this to be the match itself was, you know, maybe four stars, whatever, some, some great spots, but not, the, you know, the cleanest thing, but yeah, Ray Mysterio's is 48 and he gets to whip his kid's ass in front of quote unquote 80,000 <laughs> people in million, in millions yeah. watching. And like, like, man, that's so freaking cool. Like Co- Cody's right. Wrestling does have more, more than one Royal family. One of those families is the Mysterios. Now, like, <laughs> I, you gotta put them on that spot. That, like, that whole thing ruled, and I'm so happy that that, that they got to do it. Dominic has been killing it. Ray is rejuvenated like never before, and yeah, we'll they, they, probably run this back again at some point. Um, but I just thought this this delivered in every possible way.
0: Something I didn't mention yet: uh, this match was sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which is fine in theory, except there were two problems. One, this was a father-son rivalry match with some badass entrances and real deep family drama. And they finally get down there. And then the ringside area is covered by cartoons. And then number two, the barricade LED banner that the cartoons existed on was this purple that was so bright that it actively distracted from like, the first half of the match until business picked up to such a degree that you kind of forgot about it. But everything had like a purplish hue to it, which again, this is a family rivalry feud. Do this for the men's showcase or tone it down, use a little bit of a different color or something. It was just so, it like strained my eyes. It was really a sore sight. I was gonna say a sore sight for my eyes, a sight for sore eyes. Neither of those is the appropriate Uh, phrase I'm trying to use. It was ugly as shit. It hurt my eyes. It sucked. Again, I don't mind matches being sponsored. The main event was sponsored. Had none of these problems. Just figure out a way to do it so that you can see the sponsorship and the company gets their money, but it doesn't hurt the product. This, to some degree, hurt the product.
1: It was extremely weird at the beginning. Like, when I saw the Sentimentals crunch next to it, I was like, well, that's weird and goofy. But... I love the purple. I thought the purple looked great. Oh. And that was the, t- that was the time of day when the light was going down. And from that point on, everything else was super red, which we didn't really talk it about. Was. But like yeah. the, the scene for everything was the red lights. Like that was the theme they were going with the red everywhere. I did not like it. It was like, I, you know what it was, Chris? Was Sorry really to interrupt you.
0: It was like they tested everything in the daytime, but never tested it at night.
1: Yeah, I don't, like, I didn't like the red. I actually, and that's why I actually did like the purple, Ugh. because Dominic wears purple. It's a different shade of purple, but, and it just, it made the match feel different from everything else. Yes, you could, if you, if you caught the Cinnamon Toast Crunch logo, or whatever, yeah, that was a little bit weird. But just generally... I actually did like the purple. But that's the when thing. Compared to the red of everything else.
0: But that's the thing. You could barely see the logo. Like, if you were for, for the hard cam, when you're generally watching the match, you just saw like half bodies of cartoons and purple. Whereas with Mountain Dew Pitch Black, they had the logo in the ring on the barricades. You could see that it said Mountain Dew Pitch well, Black. That was, yeah. No, but so what I'm, my point is is that it didn't even really accomplish its goal to have Cinnamon Toast Crunch everywhere. And and kind of sell you on the product if you didn't know it or you didn't see like the front of the barricade when they zoomed out then you wouldn't or sorry not the front of the barricade the front of the ring apron when they zoomed out you wouldn't have even known it was cinnamon toast crunch so it was too bright it was distracting and it didn't actually do a good job selling the product so you gotta just fix i don't know how they didn't get this right when they're spending so much money to do it and again the the color was just so distracting it's it's Maybe you guys think I'm nitpicking. I really don't think I am. This is a big event. This was a huge match. We talked about it, Chris. One of the three or four most hotly anticipated matches coming into the show. You throw a sponsorship on it, and in my opinion, it was done haphazardly. You gotta do better. I don't mind the sponsorship, I mind the way it was executed. I thought it was very poor. That's all I'm yeah, trying to say.
1: this came after this came after the women's six woman match, which was mostly daylight. So th- th- that, like, that's why purple. I just I didn't I like the purple. The purple to me, like after going with daylight, it wasn't daylight, daylight, about daylight, liking it. Purple, but it, I was like, oh, I kind of like that. And and then when we got the red, I was like, I don't like this red.
0: I'd, it, I'd much rather have the purple. It wasn't about liking it or not liking it. It's about it shouldn't distract. There shouldn't be any hue on the wrestlers. Is what I'm trying to say. If,
1: if you if well if you took away the mascot during the entrance i would have almost no problem with this whatsoever what
0: mascot like
1: we there was a cinnamon toast crunch mascot thing like oh i didn't even see it it was super weird i didn't even see that yeah it was weird yeah yeah it was it was just for a quick second like that was the only thing i was like all right that's that's kind of dumb but like we watch sports with advertisements yeah. on the boards of hockey games. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I have no problem seeing it. I have no problem seeing Cinematos crunch on the side of the thing. Um, it was more the stuff beforehand that I had issue it, it issue with. So again, I didn't mind it all that much. I, I liked the
0: Again, I, again, no issue with the sponsorship, no issue with seeing ads, the aesthetic of it. It just was the wrong aesthetic for that match. And just in general, and you're pointing this out again, even after that match, when there were no advertisements and when it was just red and gold and everything was really bright, they didn't get the lighting right. it was it was not lit no. properly. And if you had toned that down, or darkened the LEDs, then maybe it wouldn't have been as big of an issue. I don't care about the color of purple. I care about the wrestlers looking purple. They look like Grimace. I was like, what am I doing? Watching a McDonald's match? Like, what's going on here?
1: That's why they're both colorful characters. That's why I didn't mind it. But to the point about that, like when when Charlotte Rhea ended, they turned all the red off when Rhea got the belt, and it looked
0: so much better. Well, I don't think it it was was red. normal lighting. I don't think it was red. I think it was light reflecting off. The set, which was red, that's no, what I think it no, is. No,
1: because it, you know, watch the watch the okay. finish to Charlotte Rhea, and then and then the sequence after, you see the lights go away, and you're it's everything so much clearer and sharper. I was like, no, this is this is what I want right yeah. here. Something that's happened. It's so red for the matches.
0: Something happened with this lighting. It just it was weird, and you know, maybe yeah. maybe it's nitpicky to talk about production when the show was so good, but it's worth talking about. I mean, it was something that was noticeable. So whatever, Chris. Let's we have a lot left. Let's keep going here. Uh, men's showcase match Braun Strowman and Ricochet Against the Street Profits Alpha Academy And Viking Raiders In a Fatal 4-Way On Smackdown We got a singles Fatal 4-Way To preview it uh, It was Ricochet Montez Ford Chad Gable And Eric Gable took Ricochet off the top rope with an avalanche belly-to-belly suplex and followed with his rolling German. Eric then uranagied Gable into Ford's back. Ford hit a Superman tope and a frog splash on Gable, with Ricochet flying in for the 450 and getting the stolen win. Basically, it was an inverse finish of the eight-man match that we got on Raw where Ford hit the frog splash and stole the win. My assumption was that would play into the showcase match as every finish had included those same guys. So let's just get to that match. This was second on the card overall. Titus O'Neil was on commentary, really for no good reason. But I got to say, he was actually entertaining as hell, I thought, during this match. Uh, Ricochet got murdered with a Lariat German suplex from the Raiders, who immediately followed by hitting Ford with Ragnarok. Gable hit an effing rolling German on Strowman in an insane spot. <laughs> Ivar went for a regular splash, but Vahala convinced him to instead turn around and do a moonsault. So he did, and then he missed. Strowman then climbed to the top for an insane splash halfway across the ring for a broken pinfall. Otis then picked him up for the world's strongest slam. Otis and Ivar were the base then for a five-man super vertical suplex that hit because Ricochet jumped off the top rope and splashed them all while Ford was lifted straight up vertically in the air. Braun did his train tackles twice around the ring, but on the second time around, he got caught by Angelo Dawkins, who pounced Braun Strowman. Ricochet then hit a springboard shooting star press outside, but Dawkins got knees up on a shooting star press inside, and with Ricochet still on top of his knees, Ford flew in for a frog splash as the Street Profits won in one of the most incredible, fast-paced, eight-man type of matches I have ever seen, especially because, Chris, it Only lasted eight minutes. This was banger spot after banger spot after banger spot. It was a non stop sprint from bell to bell. If there was such a thing as a five star, eight minute, eight man match, this would be it. Literally, my only criticism is I wish we got a few more minutes. Gable was the MVP, Ricochet was a close second, but really, everyone was awesome in their roles. And everyone somehow came out of this looking better. And Braun Splash will be on highlight clips for ages. I don't even know how to actually grade this match because I've never seen anything executed in this way. I'm going four stars in an A- minus because it was so brief. Had it been longer though, Chris, I mean, this could have been an absolutely incredible match. The truth is, this should have opened WrestleMania with Cena and Theory second on the card.
1: Yes. Totally agree. This is why they normally open with tag team matches. Mm -hmm. Like that's what last year's WrestleMania opened up with. You usually open up with tag teams because it's fast paced and you do a lot of stuff. This was like a 15 minute match crammed into eight minutes. Like they they just went and went and went. Chad Gable, assuming the breakup with Otis is coming, really needs to get into that U.S. title picture. He needs to win King of the Ring. He needs to win King of the Ring. Yes. King of the ring 2, He was a runner up, like not the last time, but the previous time they did it. Mm-hmm. Yes. He is absolutely primed for a big push here. The Braun leap was great, but to me, the moment of this match that I'm going to remember and the wrestler who I think looked the best coming out of this was Angelo Dawkins. He flattened brawn. <laughs> it was
0: amazing. Yeah.
1: That was insane. I thought they banged heads or something. I was like, <laughs> holy crap, that looked brutal. Replay looked like it looked a lot better. A replay Dawkins played college football, mm-hmm. but and he's a big guy. He's not that big. I've never seen Braun like, just get pushed back like that. And then Dawkins got the pin for the win. So he looks Awesome coming out of this as well. The street profits, I think are totally rejuvenated and you can move forward if you want to do something with them and tag belts, depending on what happens. But yeah, this was a heck of a lot of fun. And this is one of those like Angelo Dawkins is going to be here no matter what happens with Montez Ford. Uh, type of situations
0: yeah and you and i both agreed coming into this that a face team was going to win i picked Strowman and ricochet you picked the profits so you did get this right but i think in general we had this correct in terms of what we were going to get but i think it's fair to say every single person who watched wrestlemania this match more than any other exceeded their expectations because coming in, you're like, oh, this will be nice and there will probably be some fun spots and by the way, they gave us a couple really good previews, the four-way on SmackDown, the eight-man on Raw that preceded it. It was like, wow, these guys are gonna bang. Like, This is gonna be a better match than we think. It was somehow even better than that so huge credit to all of those guys but we're not done. We have a couple more things to talk about here. Uh, Miz and Snoop Dogg were back out in the ring between the women's championship match and the main event with Snoop saying, Hey, Miz, it's really unfortunate that you don't have a match on the show. Miz talked about, hey, I posted an open challenge on all my social media. No one answered it. And just as he was about to do his awesome catchphrase, Pat McAfee entered as a quote-unquote surprise. And Michael Cole lost his damn mind again while Corey Graves gave gave him the side eye. Pat said Miz's open challenge was fiction. He never posted it anywhere. But if he wants to fight, he was there to fight. Miz said he's the host. He can't actually make matches. Pat got the tiny balls chant going, and Snoop decided, well, I'm the host, and I'm Snoop Dogg, so I'll make the match. He made the match. A referee came out, and as the referee comes out, they're getting the match set up. Snoop is on this live mic telling Miz, like, man, this is what you do, man. You should be ready for this. And like Miz said something back to him, and he goes, I don't do this. I rap. It was really freaking funny. So then we got McAfee <laughs> against Miz. Pat hit a really nice spine buster and then flipped off the ropes, as he always does. Then he caught Miz flying with a super kick. Miz decided to walk away and just quit. So George Kittle uh, was in the crowd, the San Francisco 49ers tight end and massive wrestling fan. He talked shit with Miz. Miz shoved him. Kittle then hopped the barricade, very similar to what Rob Gronkowski did a couple years ago. He did a ringside clothesline that was somehow not a disqualification. The referee just said, eh, fuck it, I don't care. Uh, McAfee then hit a swan dive off the top of the ring post outside. He shoulder bumped Kittle, and then he punted Miz in the face back in the ring to get the win in four minutes. So this was a blast, okay? I kind of hate seeing Miz lose matches like this because he's a multi-time world champion and a Grand Slam winner, but you know, whatever. It's all fun. And this was really smart as a popcorn time break between the co-main events. I was also just so enthused that Kittle finally got to scratch that wrestling itch. And I only hope when he retires from the NFL, he actually joins WWE and does this with some regularity as a segment. This was a four star segment, but as for a match, it was two stars and a C minus.
1: I can't believe it's taken this long to get George Kittle involved in. It's something. crazy. Yeah, that, that was my biggest thing. Was, yeah. I was, I've been saying for years, I can't believe they haven't done this yet. So, so that happened. I had, after the, uh, Rhea Charlotte match. It had been like the show had been like two and a half hours long, I think, or something like that. Or it was two and a half after going into the last two matches. And my brother was like, "Is this going to be a short show?" I was like, "No, they're going to do something. They're mm-hmm. they're going to stretch this out. They always do." And then we we got some of that. This was one of them. Pat McAfee. Well, first off, they say open challenge, surprise appearance. I was like, "Oh man, I'm thinking." Austin, I'm thinking Rock, I'm thinking I don't maybe Randy Orton comes back. I don't know. And then when it was McAfee, I was like, oh like I, I I I got myself too excited in that moment thinking for somebody big. But look, Pat McAfee loved him on commentary. Seems pretty clear he's not gonna come back and do that again. He's got too many other things mm-hmm. going on. He continues to be just a like a shockingly good high flying pro wrestler like before Logan Paul came in and has done what he's done. We had felt like Pat McAfee was the greatest celebrity wrestler of all time. You know, his his match with Adam Cole and some of the other things he had done. He's done that flip off of the bat, that flip off the turnbuckle. That is insane. Mm -hmm. Like wrestlers barely do that, but he's done it so many times that it almost doesn't even get a pop anymore (laughs) because we're so used to seeing that. But you know, he, he, he was great. And, I got to say, look, the punt, like, we know Randy Orton's punt was basically banned in WWE, and they don't show it Mm -hmm. uh, because they don't want kids to do it, and it's, like, the most devastating finisher. Pat McAfee's an NFL Hall of Fame punter punting somebody in the head. Does Pat McAfee have the most devastating finisher in wrestling now?
0: I mean, I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but... It is fair to say that if McAfee catches you with a boot, he's he ain't missing, right? So, yeah, yeah, pretty devastating.
1: You're done. I wanted You're to see if coming back from that. I
0: wanted to see if you called this out. You decided to focus on the pun kick, but Corey Graves, while all this was happening, he called Pat quote Aaron Rodgers' personal propaganda machine high tier comedy. Yes, great line,
1: man. Great Graves was like, I wanted to fight this guy last year, and it's, <laughs> it's my fault they won't clear me. <laughs> That's what he said. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. both. <laughs> They're both from Pittsburgh. They're both Pittsburgh guys. I I don't know if 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 Corey. There was a report like last year or something that he'd been cleared or or something. I don't know, but his disdain for McAfee was pretty great, and he is not always playing the heel commentator, but when he does and he nails it like this, it really, really works. But it's also that's like Bobby the. That's Bobby the Brain Heenan type of healing on commentary that was great.
0: It's also appropriate, though, because Cole goes goo goo over Pat every time he sees him. And Corey's yeah, like, what yeah, am I, chopped yeah. liver? Like, I'm your guy now on these pay-per-views. You should be loving me. And Cole's like, oh, my God, Pat, I'm going to, mm. you know, <laughs> like, like, Cole goes yeah. absolutely mental when Pat comes out. And I know it was a legitimate surprise at the Royal Rumble. I don't know if this was a legitimate surprise. We'll find out eventually. He acted the same. It felt a little bit more forced this time, but I know for a fact at Royal Rumble, it was legitimate. Nevertheless, it's always cool to see Michael Cole get excited. And Corey Graves is really good throughout the show, by the way. So he deserves his credit as well. Now, technically, that is the end of our WrestleMania 39 night one instant analysis. But because we're also wrapping up SmackDown, we're gonna cover everything that happened on that show between this instant analysis and the night two incident analysis because we want our Tuesday WWE show to be all about The Raw after WrestleMania and the Hall of Fame. There's one extraneous item we need to talk about. We're going to do it right now very quickly. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal from SmackDown. There was an Andre video package that made it feel way more special than usual. Very similar to that Intercontinental Title video package that they did very soon after Triple H took the reins. Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman were the only full entrances. It was mentioned that Daniel Cormier spoke with Lashley earlier in the night. Baron Corbin was eliminated first in seconds. Dexter Loomis stood in the corner and did nothing for a while. LA Knight was over as hell during this match. Maximum male models tried and failed to eliminate Otis, so Rick Boogs went ahead and did it. Xavier Woods was eliminated surprisingly early in the match. Johnny Gargano countered Bitter End into a great spike DDT on Butch. Knight, Lashley, Strowman, and Bronson Reed Ended up being the final four. Reed took out Knight to major heat. Strowman power slammed Lashley, but got taken out by Reed. Lashley avoided Tsunami and hit a spear. Reed thought he eliminated Lashley, only to get caught from behind. And it was really cool to just see that creative decided, you know what? If we're going to do a battle royal, then let's just have some beef flying in this ring. <laughs> Reinforce the ring post. The beef's going to be flying tonight, gentlemen. Because there was a lot of meat out there. There's a lot of beef out here. And this was legitimately one of the better Andres, I think. Hell, it may have been one of the top two best of them. Totally worthwhile match, nice video package, and obviously the right winner, given Lashley lost his Mania match.
1: Also, Wade Barrett had some meaty men uh, comments on commentary that we'll have to cut and add as drops. I'm trying to find it. Drops for the show. Yeah, I know.
0: I don't have it right now.
1: Yeah, but. this... um, I I can't believe... Okay, I'll hold LA Knight for the end, but this is, Bobby Lashley was the obvious right guy to win. They tried to make it seem like a big deal. I still wish this was on the kickoff show instead of on SmackDown, but the, the final three guys, you, 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 there's something you wanted to accomplish, and you accomplished it. Bronson Reed continues to look really good uh, as well. The lack of entrance for LA Knight, yeah. baffling, <laughs> completely baffling. Because they gave it to what, Braun and and Lashley, but LA Knight's the most was the most over guy there. He's getting yeah chance when he's kicking guys in the corner, huge boos when he gets eliminated by Bronson Reed, and he didn't show up on WrestleMania Saturday. So there's one day left to have LA Knight. He'll at an be LA there WrestleMania. Tomorrow. Calm down. He'll be there. We'll we'll see. I I hope so. That was the other thing. That was the other thing with Miz when there was a challenge, I, uh, the other one I thought was Bobby Lashley
0: mm-hmm. after
1: winning the Andre the John was like, all right, we're This is how we'll get Bobby Lashley on the card. Perhaps Uh that didn't happen either. So I, I, I hope, I hope they took notice of the reaction to LA nights in that Andre and get a, get a mic in his hands, like as soon as possible.
0: Uh So Lashley has apparently issued an open challenge for either night of WrestleMania and obviously they didn't fill it Saturday. So it does seem like Lashley is going to be on the card on Sunday. How? Still to be determined, of course. And whether it's a straight up him in the ring with an open challenge. I wouldn't be surprised if this is in the exact same spot between the two main event matches. You throw this in, Lashley open challenge, early night, whatever the case, whatever they're going to do. You throw it in that spot, mm-hmm. it would make a lot of sense. That's the way I think it's going to yeah. transpire. But
1: okay. There are, there are only six scheduled matches Sunday. There were only seven scheduled for Saturday. We got eight. So right. yeah, I would not be surprised if we get something like that.
0: Chris, that was the WWE WrestleMania 39 night one incident analysis, which means the only thing left to do is go over our grades. Now we entered when we did our ultimate preview podcast an overall two night expectation grade of a both of us agreed on that. I said a you said a during our live pre-show. Saturday on Twitter Spaces, we gave our night one exclusive expectation grades. I stayed at A. I forgot what you were at. Were you B plus?
1: I was high B
0: plus. High B plus. So that is our barometer for night one. And in our Twitter poll ahead of the show, you all came in at 70.8% A, 26.7% B, and 2.5% C, all for night one. That averages to a 4.2 or basically a 92 out of 100, which is an A minus. So Chris, they were right between you and I on the pre-show grades. With that, let's go ahead and get to our post-show grades for night one of WrestleMania 39. I always let you go first here, Chris. And I got to tell you, I am very curious to hear what your grade of night one of WrestleMania was.
1: Well, I think I know what yours is because of what you were tweeting at the the end of the show. I I, I said B+, but there was a a large chance to exceed that. It was going to largely depend on what happened with Seth versus Logan Paul and Theory versus Cena. Theory versus Cena, not great. No. Seth versus Logan Paul, uh, rocked. But the big matches, the Kevin Owens, Sammy Sanford, the Usos, in Ray versus Dominic, and to an extent Rhea versus Charlotte, because it was a championship match. Those it was the co-main event. Absolute those absolutely overdelivered in every way possible. So I'm do it. I'm so close between A minus A. I'm at that oh, like 93, 94 okay. type of spot. If, if Theory Cena would be better, this would be an easy A, which is a great movie. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go A. I'm gonna go with like a 94 and say that, uh, not a, not a perfect one, but everything was a lot of fun, except for kind of the very beginning. So I'm going, I'm going low A.
0: This might be the furthest apart we've ever been on a grade. I think you are severely underrating what we got on Saturday night. Straight up. Um, there have been 39 years of WrestleMania, and there have been, I mean, I forgot how many nights they've done, or how many years they've done two nights. Is it three or four or whatever? There have been, let's say, 43 nights of WrestleMania three, three. over 39 years, whatever the number is. Or four, four. Whatever it mm-hmm. is. Um, this is among the greatest out of all of them. Uh, I'm not saying it's number one. Obviously, WrestleMania 17 was incredible, and there's others that, we're just more stacked and important. The matches themselves were more important, but from a delivery standpoint, expectation versus reality. Yeah, the John Cena Theory match fell pretty far below my expectation. I gotta say, and it started the show on a really sour note. Every single thing that followed it exceeded my expectations. The championship matches, the two tag, the tag team championship match, and the women's championship match. Both exceeded my expectations. Rollins and Logan Paul. I knew it was going to be good. It was even better than I thought it was going to be. The Mysterio match. I was like, oh, we're going to get a bunch of interference. We'll get a schmas finish. It probably won't be that great. We didn't. I mean, there was interference and stuff, but we didn't get a schmas finish. And the entire show just built and built. And those final three matches, they put them in the correct order. They all delivered. And it was like really good, great, really great. It just was one after another. Um, I'll tell you this. I'm going to give my grade momentarily, but here's what the listeners said, okay? 92.4% said this was an A, 6.4% B, 0.3% C, who are you? And 0.9% D to F. How do you even exist in this world if you're giving this a D or an F? It doesn't even make sense. Tony
1: Khan, thanks for thanks for Yeah, thanks
0: for me. your vote, Tony. Uh, so 92.4% of respondents said A, and we don't have an A+. plus. So someone can't say, well, I actually thought it was an A+. Uh, Let me tell you something right now, Chris. This was an A+. It was a 97 out of 100. It was almost as great as you could possibly expect because when you grade a pay-per-view, it's not a sum of the matches. If you're just going to do that, then you look at TakeOver New Orleans or you look at AEW, NJPW, Forbidden Door, and you say, oh my God, they had... So many 4.75 and five-star matches that you have to give it an A-plus grade. You don't, because good matches is, is interesting, but storytelling and all these other things matter. This hit the match quality, It hit the storytelling. You know, for years, I talked about what would actually happen if Triple H gets the WWE main roster book. And I've wondered, how would Triple H book WWE? How would he book a big show? And that man tonight basically gave us the equivalent of what an NXT takeover would look like at WrestleMania, at a WWE major show. Not the same, but the WWE version of it. That's what we got Saturday night. Good effing luck tonight to following this, because I will repeat one more time, 97 out of 100, A plus. This was a fantastic night of WrestleMania.
1: Okay, you said this is the farthest apart we'd ever been on a thing, and we were apart by like two or three points. We were A and A plus. We we're we we're not that far apart. Ninety four to ninety seven <laughs> is for us, for you and I to be. We're usually the exact we, same letter we have, grade. We we have been we have definitely been further apart. But you're you're right about and, and this, excuse me, sir. It. Excuse me, sir.
0: You started by saying uh, a minus A. You weren't even at the A fully. I'm firmly I in said, the plus. Yeah,
1: I said I was between the ninety three, ninety four, and I went ninety four. Yeah, okay. And I can, I as you talked about, I was like, yeah, I can see ninety five, but like we're, we're not that far apart. I, okay. it It's it's um, I, I I think about last year's night one, which was also incredible. I think this, included, I think this blew
0: that out of the water just by comparison.
1: I think it was better. I don't think it blew it out of the water. Okay. We we had. Cody's return beat Seth. We had Bianca Becky, which I think is the greatest women's match of all time. We had Mm Miz and Logan Paul versus Mysterious, which was a whole hell of a lot of fun. You had Usos and Nakamura Boots, which was fun until Boots got hurt. McIntyre Corbin was whatever. Charlotte Ronda was whatever. And then Kevin Owens, don't Steve Austin. You
0: just said three matches were whatever. We had one of those here.
1: And... And the... Well, I... I think the women's six woman was kind of whatever, but... The interesting part about last year was that night one, I I said at the time coming out of it was, was one of the most fun nights of wrestling we'd, we'd ever had. And night two did not live up to it because of the way things were set up. There just wasn't as much. There's a lot of night two. I don't even remember. And I was there for it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so I'm looking at this year's card night one and night two seem a lot more even and actually coming in, I thought night two was going to be the better night. I had higher, I have higher expectations going in for night two than I did for night one because you have Roman Cody because you have Bianca Asuka, because you have the intercontinental match because you have Brock and Omos. So it's like four right off the bat, I think could all be great. So you're right. The bar to meet night one now is incredibly high, but I actually had higher expectations for night two. And that makes me even more excited because you're right. They're going to have to follow that now. And I think that's a credit to the way the matches were laid out, the way the nights were laid out, where night two, the middle of night two is the dead zone for two night WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. because that's when people start to kind of get tired. And, you know, you've got the big match coming at the end. So that's kind of the dead zone. I'm curious how it how it plays out on Sunday.
0: Very curious about match order. We know Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes will main event. The question now is what is going to open and really what the order of the matches are gonna be. We don't normally do this, but we also don't normally have two night pay-per-view. So Chris, what I wanna do is, first of all, let me tell everyone who's listening to us right now. We have an entire WrestleMania Ultimate Preview podcast. We published it on Tuesday. You can go back and listen to it it's time stamped, and you can hear our takes for all of the WrestleMania Night 2 matches. We technically didn't have them separated because it wasn't announced at the time. But if you want detailed analysis for all the matches that are coming on Sunday, you can go back and listen to that show. I say that to say this let's Chris give a mini preview for WrestleMania Night 2. I'm just going to call the match. We're going to say our winner, and we're going to move on. We're not going to do any more than that, okay? Women's showcase mm-hmm. match Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia and Shotzi. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. I have Rousey and Baszler. So do I. Brock Lesnar and Omos. I have Lesnar.
1: I have Lesnar.
0: Brood Edge against the Demon, Finn Balor, inside Hell in a Cell. I do think this one can go either way, but I think they have to give it to Balor and have him go over Edge and reestablish the Demon. I have Finn. Intercontinental Championship Triple Threat. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Seamus. I'll let you go first here.
1: I have Drew well, potentially turning heel, but I have Drew. This is what I have. <laughs> Big, meaty man slapping me. <laughs> That's, what I want. Yes.
0: That's what I want to see. That's what we're going to get. I have Gunther retaining the Intercontinental title. Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Asuka. I actually forgot what my pick was here. What's yours?
1: I picked Oscar
0: did I end up staying with Bel Air what did I do Oh I man think,
1: I'm pretty sure you picked I'm pretty sure you picked Bianca
0: I think I ultimately uh, went I, I, back really certain you did yeah I think I ultimately went back to Bianca winning I'll stick with that and say Bel Air wins I want Oscar to win let me be very clear about that there's just some sneaking suspicion with the way this wasn't built in any way that Bel Air retains but I do' hope I think Oscar wins
1: I think I think you can look at the way Charlotte and Rhea played out where there was no build, but they had a banger of a match and a title change, which we all expected. Yeah. And I think, I think that same thing plays out here. I think I, this is going to be an absolute banger.
0: I hope it does. I'm not going to change my pick because I made it, but I really hope... I mean, Bel Air's title reign needs to end. Asuka needs to win. It'd be a great reset. Take the title off Bel Air and give us Bel Air, Ripley, WrestleMania 40 main event. That's what we want. And lastly the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, legitimately one of the biggest WrestleMania main events of all time, not the biggest, one of the biggest, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes, and I can say it for you, although you can add your take at the end, we both have Cody Rhodes emerging as the new undisputed WWE Universal Champion.
1: I have Cody, and I'm really hoping that the promo video we got today, I think on the pre-show for this match, is not the final one, because it is not that great. Interesting. The Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn Uso's one, they played it on the pre-show, it's the same one they had for the match, fantastic, loved it. The one they did for Cody Roman was very, very generic, and it kind of surprised me.
0: Well, I would presume it's going to be the same one. But what you have to remember is there's a lot more storyline for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the Usos in terms of stuff that happened on WWE TV compared to Reigns and Cody. In order to do more for Reigns and Cody, you have to reach back into old footage and show Dusty and the Samoans. And maybe they do it,
1: but they don't and they don't. They they literally like. Three, two thirds of it is just Cody saying, "I have to do it. I have to finish the story." They barely. There's a line from Roman saying, I'm, "Your comeback ends here." There's very little talk about Dusty. Very little talk about his comeback. It's just like it. It's just like an excitement video about Cody's here. Cody. It's Cody's moment, and that's it. I was like, ah, oh, that was not what I was hoping for.
0: Well, let's worry about it on Sunday. But we'll
1: see- I think the match is, match is going to be great, though. Match will be great.
0: Well- I know. It will We'll worry about it Sunday. We'll see what we get. And then certainly we will talk about it here on the podcast. On the way out first, a little reminder of what we already have in the bank and what is still to come. Earlier on Saturday, we taped an NXT Stand and Deliver instant analysis podcast. All the results and grades from that show on Saturday afternoon awaiting your ear holes right now. And we also have that WrestleMania Ultimate Preview episode I mentioned. You can go back and listen to that ahead of night two. Or on Sunday, we're gonna kick things off in the early evening with a WWE WrestleMania 39 night 2 pre-show live on Twitter spaces. Follow us on Twitter at getting overcast, and you can join that show. We will also post pre and post show polls on Twitter at getting overcast. So be sure to follow us and you can vote in those polls and you can contribute to that segment on this show. Also, you can tweet us DM questions and comments, and we will get to all of those, not Sunday night. We'll do it Tuesday on our Raw after WrestleMania show, we'll wrap up WrestleMania. We'll talk about the Raw after WrestleMania. And we will talk about the WWE Hall of Fame. On the way out here, allow me to remind you that the Getting Over Wrestling podcast is all about defy So head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Drop those five-star ratings on Apple. Also leave a five-star written review. If you do, we will read it live right here on the show. I already told you to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast for the live shows and the polls. We also do episode drops, news analysis and highlights. So much more. You can find us all over there. You can also head to buymeacoffee.com slash Over and subscribe to our Patreon-like service. We'll have updates and special audios and tons of cool stuff over there you can also just support the show by donating a couple bucks to support myself silver king adam silverstein and of course the other man that you've been hearing for the last hour and a half vintage chris vanini again buymeacoffee.com slash getting over you can also find the link in our twitter profile all right chris that was a hell of a WrestleMania night one instant analysis. We're going to be doing this same that time, same bat channel on Sunday, giving instant analysis for night two of WWE WrestleMania 39. At this point, though, you and I need to catch some shut eye. So on behalf of Vintage, it is now time for the Silver King to sign off and leave you with just three final words. Bye for now.